What's up, everybody? Welcome to the episode with Casey Compton. Today, we talk about a lot of really cool things, such as fear of loss, how fear can actually be helpful, um, niching down, and so much more. It was an amazing conversation. I think you're going to love. Let's dive in and hear what she has to say. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another great episode of the Guyao Now Show. I am your host, Bob McIntosh, and excited to be on this show. Today, we have Casey Compton, and Casey was referred to me by, uh, I guess you could say a good friend. It's weird to say good friend because I only see him about once a year because he lives in Australia, and we happen to be, we usually attend the same conference, but um, I still consider him a good friend since we chat a lot. And uh, I'm excited to have her on. Uh, she shared just a little bit about her story ahead of time, but I don't want to steal her thunder. So, uh, Casey, <laughs> thanks for being on. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me. And I couldn't have been referred by a better guy. He was one of my favorite <laughs> podcasts that I've ever been on. So I thoroughly enjoyed it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, Angus, if you're if you're if you're listening to this, send me a message. This is how I'll know if you are or not. <laughs> send me one, too. I don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, so Casey, I'm since, you know, this is the first time that we've met. Um, I would love for you to tell everyone, because I'm assuming most of my audience probably has no idea who you are outside of yeah. Angus. Uh, uh, tell us a little bit about who you are, sort of your background and what you're doing now. Yeah, my name is Casey Compton. Um, I live in Kentucky. South Central, a little part of Kentucky on Lake Cumberland. And I am an author, entrepreneur, and have been uh, have been an entrepreneur longer than I've been an author, for sure. I launched my first book, uh, Fix This Next, for healthcare providers last year, which was um, in 2021. And I've been an entrepreneur since 2015. Uh, officially, I call myself officially, I mean, I think I was like an entrepreneurial kid. I was like always, you know, <laughs> hustling and selling things. Uh, really good at getting money from my grandma and my dad for doing stuff and selling stuff around the house. But uh, yeah, so I started um, becoming an entrepreneur in 2015 when I opened a mental health group practice. So it was outpatient therapy and grew that practice and scaled it as much as I could, worked myself out of the daily operations, then started focusing on consulting and helping other businesses do the same. Um, in the meantime, I learned that I loved entrepreneurship. And so I started a commercial um, property business. I have a hair salon. Um, I run a membership group. And it was really just kind of one of those things where the first one led to the next one and then just kind of kept building. And so that's what I've been doing ever since 2015. And like I said, last year, I wrote and launched my first book. And now that's really where my head and my heart is at. So I'm, I'm focusing on that while still allowing those businesses to continue to run and, and grow in the background. That's awesome. I love when people are like, oh, yeah, like I did this. And then all of a sudden I loved I love entrepreneurship. And it's like businesses just start stacking up as you go along. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's great. Um, so I, I, I want to ask this, that's, you, you know, you, you talked about, Hey, like you've got a commercial real estate business, you've got a hair salon, you know, you, you had a, a functioning, uh, medical practice, like those are all completely different things. I mean, maybe hair salon and therapy could be considered the same. Cause it seems like maybe that's, <laughs> a, you know, what a lot of, a lot of women go there for that in, in a way, but, um, it, why, why so many different businesses? Like what, what was the. Did you just happen upon it? Was this like a, 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 an active decision to go that direction or tell me more about that? Uh, a little bit of both, actually. It was. Oh, so, first of all, I realized that most businesses, well, all businesses, probably in a lot of ways, 
foundationally are the same and you have the same goals in the business, which is profitability and efficiency and, and all of those those core things were the same. And so that's what I, I just tried to look for the commonalities. And as I grew my first business, I just looked for opportunities that would help make my life easier. Um, and so it just, it was kind of one of those things where my first business was going really well. And I started looking at like the smaller little pieces of the business. Like, does it make sense to lease when I could own? And so it made more sense to buy the properties rather than lease the properties. And so then I started a new LLC and started adding more properties into um, <laughs> that business. So it made more sense. And then the hair salon happened to be one of the properties that I purchased and even though it is very different, it's still the same model. It's a service industry. So the, the model, the systems were all the same that we were using. So we just took everything in the first one that worked really well, applied it, made a little bit of tweaks and created um, a system to run the hair salon that didn't really take a whole lot of work. So over the course of time, I've gotten a lot smarter and um I've done things much easier than I did the first time around. And I've also gained a lot more self-awareness. And so I know what's important to me, which is time and uh, freedom and flexibility. And so now looking at business, you know, should I, shouldn't I? It's really about will this type of business serve me? And if it's going to take 40 hours of my week, it's just not worth it. And so I just don't do it. <laughs> That's awesome. And I, I love the, so the, like, it's fascinating to hear someone's journey from like all these various businesses. But once you hear it, like once you see how the dots connect, it was, it's like a, it's almost a straight line. It makes a lot of sense, yeah, not necessarily in the business type, but in, in the, the process by which you acquired them. Right. Absolutely. Awesome. So I, I know uh, before, before we hit the record button, you had been talking about, you know, you had your own uh, therapy practice. Um, and, and am I saying that right? Therapy practice? Yeah. I don't know if that's the mm -hmm. right terminology. Um, Close enough. Close enough. And, um, and you know, you had, you'd had a, a particular situation dealing with fear and sort of getting out of your own way is based a lot or getting in your own way is based a lot around fear. So uh, tell us a little bit more about that and kind of what that what that looked like. And then we'll dive into that. Yeah, it was actually part of my first business model. Um, looking around just the market that I was living in, uh, everyone was kind of doing the same thing. And so I had a degree as a licensed professional counselor and I thought, well, I want to do something about it. I want to start a business. And so I looked at all the other businesses and they were all kind of doing that. We take everybody, we, you know, <laughs> uh, that, that kind of thing. And I, I just didn't like it. I was like, I don't want to take everybody. And it's not because I don't want to work with everyone. I don't like everybody, but it's just that I'm going to do you a disservice if you are coming to me. And that is not what I am really, really good at. And right. so it was more of a decision of, I'm just going to pick the one thing that I know that I'm going to invest my time and my brain into and become a specialist in. And so um, I was the one over here saying, hey, I only work with people who have anxiety and panic disorders. And all of the other people that I would talk to during that time said, you're crazy. Like you are limiting yourself. You are nuts. You, this is never going to work. Well, they were wrong and it did work. <laughs> Um, Doesn't that feel good to say that sometimes? I'm like, yeah, I love it. Uh -huh. Told you yeah. so. Uh -huh. Told you so. Um, so so I, I focused in on anxiety and panic disorder. And I worked with people that came to me with those presenting problems. And so I um, 
quickly realized and those people who are listening who have ever struggled with anxiety or panic disorder, uh, you may or may not know that the root core of that is fear. And that's all it is. Unless you have some kind of medical condition that has nothing to do with any of the things I'm talking about, um, the reason you are anxious or having panic attacks is because it is rooted in fear. And uh, so as I was working with these people day after day, I became really good at it. And I was able to spot core fears. And instead of working on all of the symptoms of the anxiety and all of the symptoms of the panic attacks, you know, I can't sleep and my husband or wife thinks I'm crazy or, you know, all these things. Instead of focusing on those, we went straight to the bottom. We went straight to the core. And that is what is building. And that is what is triggering all of the things, all of the excuses, all of the thoughts, all of the resistance that cause us to get in our own way. Mm-hmm. And so what I noticed was that every person, except for one that I ever took on as a client eliminated panic attacks, reduced anxiety, but I started seeing their lives change and they started stepping into something that was more authentic and true. They became more confident. And so I think sometimes people didn't realize and don't realize what getting in your own way really does to you. It doesn't just hold you back from success. It, 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 it cripples a lot of things in your life. And, um, you know, I'm a little bit ashamed to admit this, but I worked in this specialty for years, years and years and years, was very good at it. Um, built a built a practice, had over a hundred employees who all specialized in different things, and um, finally gave up the in the chair. I finally gave up the one on one therapy and just started focusing on the business, and uh, never even realized that. I also had core fears that were that were holding me back and causing me to get my own way. And I I was self-aware enough to know some of them, you know, that like I I had this tremendous fear of failure that was probably carried with me from childhood and early adulthood when I literally lost everything I had, filed bankruptcy, had a car repoed, sold everything I owned, um it was just a really terrible experience. And so I had this fear of failure that was driving me and I was just like hell bent on it. I'm not (laughs) failing. I don't care what it takes. I will work 24 hours a day. I will work seven days a week. I will do anything. I will not fail. And, you know, so those types of fears I was able to handle and, uh, and, and, and deal with. And, uh, but you know, there were others that I didn't until, later on. And, um, so whenever, when I saw this podcast and heard about you, I was like, that's awesome because so many (laughs) people are doing this. Like, this is where we all are. And, um, I don't know if this is helpful or not, but one of the things that helped me realize that I was getting in my own way was this feeling, um, granted at this point, when I realized this, I had, seven successful businesses. They were, some of them were grossing in the multi-millions of dollars. I had plenty of money in the bank. I didn't need anything really. My, I had three kids and uh, was married and everything was, it was good. Um, but what caused me to realize that I was still getting in my own way was I felt like something was missing. 
Like mm. there's just something missing and I did not know what it was. No clue. Like all the check boxes are checked, but there's still like one that you like, need to check, yeah. but you don't know what it is. Don't know what it is. So I just always felt like I was searching for something. And um, that ultimately led me to, to realize even more core fears that, that were causing me to get in my own way in a, in a totally different way, not in a, not in an achievement driven way, like in a success way, but more of like an internal way. Um, yeah. All right. So I, I want to, there was, by the way, I've been taking some notes here. There are a couple of things I want to break down. Let's start with, with this. I, I love that you said like, Hey, this, and this is a, a, a huge distinction. If you're watching or listening that I want you to take away, like she said, Hey, I, you know, I, I was in my own way, not necessarily from an achievement way, but in an internal way. And there's so many different kinds of getting in your own way. And it can be, from, you know, it can be achievement. And a lot of times it is because that's the most obvious one, right? It's the one that, yes. we, you know, it's the scorecard that we keep that we, we say that, but it's mm -hmm. also, you know, it can be in relationships. It can be in feeling fulfilled. It can be, you know, all these like tiny things that we don't always realize there. Mm -hmm. So I'm curious for you, did you have any issues reconciling the achievement success that you had with the lack that you felt on the internal side? Like, was there a conflict there for you or like how, how did, how, what was that balance like? Cause I think there's a lot of people that might have that same thing, but not even realize that's what's causing it. Absolutely. hundred percent. That's, I mean, that's exactly what it is. That's what I'm, I'm writing this, the second book I'm writing right now. That's exactly what it's about. Um, it's about how we, we go after success so hard um, because it's tangible, you know, like we can make money. It's, it's tangible. It's, um, you do something, you, you make money, you, you do something, you get rewarded. It's very easy to predict. And for me, I thought that's what I needed. And, and in a lot of ways, it was what I needed. I needed to prove to myself I could do it. I needed to build that confidence. I needed to build, or you know, resilience and I needed to have grit. And those were all things that achievement and entrepreneurship gave me. And so I was so thankful for that. Um, but like I said, you know, there was just something that I still felt like I couldn't put my finger on what it was, but I. I wanted to think that it was joy. Like I'm doing all these things, but I, I'm missing something and it can't actually be a something because I have everything. So it has to be something in here. And I think it's joy. And I just remember doing things like, you know, telling my husband uh, at the time, um, I'm going to buy a beach. Like we would be at the beach. I'm going to buy, the, I'm going to buy a beach house. And he's just like, okay. And um, <laughs> thinking in my head, like, this is going to help me feel something again. And so I bought a beach house and, and then here I am sitting at the beach with, I love the beach. It's the most calming place. I would live there today if I, if I could. And I just remember sitting there on the beach and just feeling like it's hot outside. My daughter's getting sunburned. I really have to pee. Like all of these things and never just being present in the moment. And so that's kind of like that conflicting thing I was having was I'm successful and I'm happy and I'm confident, but something's missing. And am I really happy? Um, like what, what is it when you get looking at the heart of the matter? Like what is that missing? Um, and so those were just some of the things that I was seeing on the surface. And I started thinking, you know, it, it, 
it's like it's like can't find you can't find your keys in the morning and you're already late for work um like you think that if you go buy that new truck that that you're gonna you're gonna look better you're gonna feel better you're gonna be you're gonna have a people are gonna look at you different which is gonna make you look at yourself different it's like all these things that we're searching for and you get them and then it's just not it's, you still don't feel that way <laughs> And so when, when you were working on this, you know, as a therapist, I, it, do you work on yourself? Did you seek the advice from other, other people or like what, what was your process? Because I know because I think a lot of people and something that I see a lot and I want to frame this question. Something I see a lot is, you know, people do personal development work, not necessarily, you know, from a, uh, an accredited university personal development mm-hmm. work, but like just, hey, I went to a, you know, a course or I read a book or I watched a movie and, you know, I, I started to learn more about myself. And then they mm-hmm. think that they have the keys to their to to their own problem. Have you mm-hmm. found that to be the case? Like they're there or does it usually need someone else to, to kind of point out, Hey, shine a light over here. Like, Hey, maybe, maybe this is what you need to look at. Yeah. I mean, listen, I, I, I'm a therapist and I was a pretty good therapist and I still didn't see it in myself. And I just, um, I think sometimes when you are so close, like people who should know are the ones that don't know mm-hmm. and everything that I was doing in my life to go to, to move forward toward achievement was really, those were all just distractions. So right. I think the more successful you are in a lot of ways, the more you really should look deep into yourself, because sometimes the way in which we get to success is, is we stuff all of the feelings and the emotions and the self-awareness down. And so that was me. And I thought, I thought I was fine. And, um, it took, you know, it took a big, huge life disruption. Um, it took me going through a divorce, um, for me to say, okay, I I need some help with this. Like I need someone to help me sort through this. And so I actually went to therapy and and I was the therapist who had never really went to therapy. (laughs) And so I went to therapy and I can't even tell you what it was like. Um, It was just like this whole something had just been like the lights were on and I could see holy crap, like what in the world have I been doing? I, I have been running from a core fear. And so I mentioned earlier that, that I used my fear of failure to propel me into success. And that was helpful. And I think fear can be helpful if we know what it is and we know how to handle it. But for me, I was just totally avoiding my core fear, which was really being alone or being unloved. And so I was like stuffing all of my feelings down in the drain so that, cause I thought, you know, if I don't feel anything, how am I ever going to get hurt? Or, um, and so when all of that came to light, I just realized that I had been getting in my own way in a totally different way than I ever right. <laughs> thought I was. Uh, so just, just having that, um, uh, what's the word? Just having that sense of validation and affirmation that you can get in your own way, both achievement driven and success driven and heart driven. And really without getting out of your own way in both of those ways, you're never going to truly experience joy. That's my, that was my realization. And that's huge. That, that's massive. And I think so many of us, we get lost in the journey 
sometimes we forget why we're, why we're taking the journey in the first place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I want to, I want to unpack something else you said, you said, and you know, fear can be helpful. Tell me more about what you mean, mean about that. Cause I think a lot of people, we try to avoid that at all possible costs. So I'd love, love to know more. about. Oh that. yeah. 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 I used to think that too. Um, I used to think that we should, you know, you grow up and you're like, you say, you know, your parents or somebody can tell that you're afraid. They're like, don't be afraid. <laughs> uh, right. Don't be scared. They, they don't know. They're, they're telling you to try to help you. And I used to think that. And I grew up thinking, I'm not afraid. I'm fine. I'm, I, you know, I'm, it, but it was, it was like this fake it till you make it kind of mentality. And, and then you hear face your fears. But what does that mean? Like, what do you mean face your fears? That what, like, that's so vague. What do you do with that? And <laughs> so I kind of like the idea or the concept of befriending your fear. I think we need to get mm. to know it and sit with it and have some coffee with it and figure out really what is it that I'm so afraid of? Because what, what we're trying to avoid is the very thing that we need to face. Um, so the fear of failure for a lot of people is easy because, oh, I don't want to fail. Well, I'm just going to push through and I'm going to just do it and I'm going to see what happens. So, the, you know, the, that part, it's not easy, but it's um, it's more tangible. You can just just do just do. And so I think it's kind of like a trap for a lot of us be- because we get in this mindset of doing like what I'm going to do. I'm just going to keep doing and do more. And then you get successful. And then you think, well, the reason I'm successful is because I did all this work. So if I want to be more successful, I just need to do more work. And um, (laughs) it just gets us in this nasty trap of thinking that we have to do more and doing more doesn't always do more. It, It sometimes distracts us from the other fears that we need to befriend. And, you know, Um, I was working on um, my chapter this morning and I wrote down and I I wrote it down while you were talking because it reminded me and, you know, it's just a rough sentence, but it like resonated with me. I wrote, I realized that I couldn't stop fear, but I could stop fear from stopping me. Mm. And you're never going to stop fear. Fear is there for a reason. It's part of us for a reason. We need to listen to it. But a lot of us, we just, we stop with the listening and we start doing, but what we really need to do is listen and then understand it. Um, I know I'm getting a little woo-woo. I'm really not no. a woo-woo person at all. <laughs> I mean, this is like coming from a whole nother side of me that, that I guess I had just like stuck over here for a really long time. And, and that's totally okay. Look, I, I think there's value in woo-woo. There's value in very logical and, and action-oriented stuff. I think there's value in everything, right? And, and you know, we, one of the things we talked about for all of you listening right now, if you haven't listened to the show before, or if this is the first episode you're listening to, the whole point of this is to explore different ideas of how people have gotten out of their own way. And some of it's going to be super woo. Like, we, there's several episodes we have. It's like, I'm like, man, even for me, like, <laughs> that's, that's out there. But hey, like, for the right person, that's the right formula that they need. Like you found a formula for you that was, that was working in one side, but not in another. And then you had to discover a different formula for the other side. And I think that's something else that I really want to, like, if you take those of you listening, if you take nothing else away from this is that, Hey, like you can have one thing, but not the other. And sometimes it takes a completely different key to unlock the other side. You can't just do the same thing over and over and expect different results on both, like the internal side and the heart centric side versus, you know, the achievement and brain centric side. Mm-hmm. It's like feeling, 
if I know a lot of people will feel like this, if you feel out of balance, you probably are, mm. you know, and that, that was me. I was very successful and very success driven, I should say. But if I wanted to get real honest with myself, I was also very out of balance. If you look at both of those sides. And that makes sense. It makes sense, right? Because it's, but it's also, would you say uh, it's a fair assumption to say you found one much easier and so that's why you gravitated towards it? Yeah, it's totally easy. It's so much easier. Yeah. And I think we all have that. So some of us are going to find the internal much easier. And so we're going to work there first. And and I think a lot of that depends on how we were raised and just how we, you know, our environment and such. Um, so we're going to gravitate toward that. And those people who feel like, yeah, I understand myself. I love myself. I have this, you know, ability to, to offer grace and all of that to myself may find it hard to take the plunge and start that business or take a risk and uh, scale their business. So I think sometimes you can, it can be either, either or. Yeah, I, I fully agree. I think, you know, it's, it's interesting having talked to as many people as I do, you tend to find one or the other, right? Mm-hmm. Like pe- people are, are very successful at one side or the other. And not to say that there, there's not both, for sure. But in the context of the conversations I have, especially about getting out of your own way, <laughs> they're usually usually achieving on one side and lacking on the other side. So that's good. Yeah. Um, I actually want to circle back for a second to something you earlier said, because I, I think this will be important for a lot of you listening to hear. Um, and, and the reason that I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pre-frame my question, I get asked this and I get pushback on this all the time. But something that you said that really struck me was, so you opened your practice and you said, okay, everyone's serving everybody. I wanted to serve this. And, you know, everyone told you that you're crazy for narrowing down and restricting yourself too much. And I hear the same question a lot. Like, no, I can't do that. I'm going to lose out on too much opportunity. Um, so what for you made you decide that direction? Um, and, and obviously it worked for you. Like we, we already know that, but uh, I guess let's start there. What, what made you decide to go that direction with yourself? Yeah. Can I, can I say a bad word? I don't know. I don't yeah, know. Do totally fine. Okay. Um, it's totally it's, fucking cool. Okay, good. <laughs> I, I, I wasn't going to say that one, but I was going to say that one. So I, I admittedly, I say this to my kids um, sometimes, but I, I mostly say it to my team, my staff around me. And I joke about myself and I say, you know, I'm not a half-asser. I'm just not. I've never been a half-asser. I was not raised to be a half-asser. It's not acceptable to be a half-asser in my family. It's also my biggest pet peeve. Um, I want to be a whole-asser. Like, I want to be the whole-ass. And so... Giddy up. Yeah. Um, And so whenever I was making these decisions, I thought, how am I... Okay, if I really am going to reach my goal, which is, which I wanted to at least be a million dollar business, at least. Um, if I'm going to do that, how can I do that while still honoring my commitments to my clients? If I am serving every single human being, you know, like that's a lot of pressure on, 
on me and on my employees, especially if we have people coming in from with all kinds of issues and all kinds of problems that they're wanting help with. Like one, I'm going to have to make sure my staff knows how to do everything. And, and that's a lot of pressure. And I'm going to have to have multiple systems for quality assurance. I'm, I'm going to have to do so much more work. But if we narrow the focus and say everyone that comes in is going to fit this criteria and when they do fit that criteria, we know that we can serve them 100 percent. I just I don't know, something just in me said that that was the direction to go, because the last thing I wanted to be viewed as, again, core fear, failure, um, was a half faster. And so I just it just had to. I knew that the volume would come, like I knew that the revenue would come, but I knew that it had to be done in a way that felt controlled enough, another fear, um, to so that I could guarantee quality. It's not like this was, you know, it's not like we were selling donuts, not that I still want good donuts, but this is people's mental health, like this is their right. lives here. So it just felt like the stakes were way too high. To, I don't know. Donuts um, could be mental health, right? You feel pretty good when you eat them. I love donuts. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually wanting a donut right now. <laughs> it's like, all right, hold on. Let's just pause the episode real quick. We got to find some donuts. <laughs> I don't know. Um, no, and, and I think what I think is important to take away from that, because I hear constantly from all of the clients that we work with in our digital marketing agency, you know, like, well, I can't, no, I can't do that. I have to, you know, we got to serve everyone. And it's like, no, like, like you can. And people get, they get so scared of the idea of niching down because mm -hmm. that fear of loss. And, and I think mm -hmm. that's a huge thing that you talked about earlier too, um, mm -hmm. that I see is like, they're afraid of losing potential revenue, but what they're really doing is they're giving up on, on the ability to focus. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, there was a time I wrote about it in, in uh, my book, in my first book. Where, what's the name of your book? Um, it's Fix This Next for Healthcare. So I wrote it with healthcare providers specifically in mind, but it's a formula that really applies to all businesses. Um, but I, I wrote this story in there. It's called The Penny, the Pirate, and the Compass. And it was about how um, that was the first time where I really questioned my ability to be an entrepreneur and how I had put all of these things in place and delegated and handed off all of these tasks. But I forgot the one thing that I really needed to do the most was um, a system for accountability and checks and balances. And so I really had my ass handed to me because I had someone that wasn't trustworthy in charge and they almost just ruined me. They stole a bunch of money and did a lot of really bad things. And um, so I tell that story. But I, what I don't tell in the book is that after all that happened, I reached out to a bookkeeper and I said, I need help. Like I need to know how much money it was taken from my business. And um, so I reached out to this lady who was local. I would not hire anyone online. I didn't trust anybody. I made this lady come Especially to my office. Everything. <laughs> yeah. She sat at my desk for days, like combing and I wouldn't let her leave my site. Like she was right there. 
And um, she had a very general bookkeeping business that served all kinds of businesses, everything. And after she started working, working with me, we kind of developed a friendship and I started seeing how great she was. So I started referring her to my own clients, uh, my, not my therapy clients, my consulting clients. And, um, and these were other therapist practice owners. And so then they started using her. This was back in 2000. 18, 19, probably. Now her business is huge. All she serves is mental health practices. And she just, she, she has it made in so many ways. She does the same thing for everybody. She can focus. She does a really good job. Her marketing is basically obsolete. She doesn't have to do marketing anymore because she only works with therapy practice owners. So they all tell each other how great she is. She has no marketing budget. Her overhead is low. You know, all she has to do is focus on making sure her employees serve her clients well. And so I think it just goes to show that niching down and focusing really can blow up your business in a good way. Yeah. And I, I think that's the perfect, the perfect example too, right? Like, uh, so one more, one more question I guess I want to ask is, so as you're doing this, right. And you've got all these people telling you that you're crazy and you shouldn't do that. And it's not going to work. You know, you, you know, you said, Hey, I, I just, I knew like you knew it, that you needed to do that. Was there at any point in time where you said, well, maybe I shouldn't, or you questioned that decision or you thought, Hey, you know, or were you just like, Nope, this is what we're doing. <laughs> I, it takes me a long time to make up my mind about something, but when I make up my mind, I'm, I'm, I don't really turn back. And so I did think about it for a long time. And when they were telling me it's not going to work, I did question my decision. Um, but I also just had to stay true to what was important to me about being a whole asser. And I knew that I just couldn't serve people well. And, and I knew that I, I had the background to prove it because prior to working specifically with anxiety and um, panic attacks, I, I did serve everyone. I worked for an agency. I traveled from home to home. I had my office in my trunk and I would go see one kid who had ADHD. I would go see another kid who had PTSD. I would go see another kid who had reactive attachment disorder. And by the end of the day, my brain was fried. Right. And, you know, I kept coming up against all these things that I didn't really know how to do and I wasn't an expert in. So I had two choices. I either had to become an expert in all the things or I had to let all the things go except the one thing that I knew that I was really good at and really passionate at. And I knew that I could do really well. And so just based on those years of being an in-home therapist, I was like, I'd, I don't have the mental capacity for it. And, and I, I can't live like this. <laughs> like You can't live every day and just be mentally drained and exhausted. And that's what it was doing to me. And I think that's what it does to other businesses. It just wipes you out. You're stretched uh, too thin. Makes a lot of sense. And did you find that, you know, as your clients, your therapy clients came in because you were focused that they like you, were you getting better clients? I mean, obviously you're getting the kind you want because you're saying this is what we do, but did the clientele that came in, uh, were they more they, they, like you're more able to help them because you know specifically what they're looking for? hundred percent. Like it almost became like such a well-oiled machine that when a client came in, I was so used to seeing 
symptom X, Y, and Z, that in my head, I already knew what we were doing. I could forecast what their treatment plan was going to look like. I could predict things about them. They thought I was a genius and I really am not. It's nowhere near close to being a genius, but it was because I saw people just like them every single day. And I knew, and I could communicate with them. Hey, look, like, I know what you're afraid of. I know what is stopping you based on everything you've told me, all these things. That's not really your problem. Your problem is this. And then it, they would have this epiphany. Right. And so, yeah, it, it helped. And I imagine that was very satisfying for you. Like seeing uh, like, yeah. for me, like, as, like <laughs> someone is on stage, one of the, like, I love watching when I teach someone something and they go, yeah. Ah. <laughs> uh -huh. Yeah. And then like every now and then I would say, here, let me, let's play a little game. And so I would write down on a piece of paper what their core fear was and I'd fold it up and I'd put it over here and then we'd finish our conversation and I would have them write down their core fear. And then when they had it in front of them, I would hand them my piece of paper, they would open it and they would see that they were the same. And they were like, yes, I have the right therapist. <laughs> and, and I think their confidence in me led them to be so much more successful because they knew that I was carrying a lot of that burden. I was carrying those things for them that they didn't know how to fix. They were showing up and that's all I needed them to do. But it was my job to move them in that direction. And see, that's something that I think a lot of people underrate. Uh, like, like they don't think about, Hey, not just how are you serving yourself and your business when you niche down in that way, but uh, will your clients or whoever you're working for, whatever you're offering, will it be that much better for them simply because you did as well? And I think that's yeah. the other side that a lot of people don't think about too. Yeah, hundred percent. All right. So uh, another question I had I'd written down is you, you, uh, before we started, you mentioned I was an entrepreneur for a long time. I've been an author for a lot less time. Mm -hmm. What? What? Why did you decide to write a book? And like, what was the impetus for that for you? Yeah, it was kind of like one of those things where. You, <laughs> <laughs> Again, getting in your own way. Um, you know, you tell yourself, well, when I finish grad school, then I'm going to do this. And when I do, when I, when I start my business, then I'm going to do this. And when I have, you know, when I have $50,000 saved, then I'm going to do this. I was kind of playing one of those games with myself saying, I've always wanted to be an author. I've always wanted to write books, but until I have success and a stable income, I just don't know how I'm going to do it. Right. And it, it was just, it was kind of one of those things. And I also felt the lack of confidence to become an author. I didn't know what I was doing. I, you know, I, I failed college English twice. Um, <laughs> and, and still wrote a book. And still wrote a book. That's what editors are for, I realized. Uh, so, yeah, it was just one of those things that I always wanted to do. And there was something about, that that's really one of the that was really the moment that my eyes started to open as to hey I'm out of balance is when I started trying to write which requires a lot of inward thinking a lot of alone time a lot of emotional like I'm trying to connect with my reader on an emotional level and so if I can't pull that emotion out of myself I'm never going to pull it out of them and so that's really I think Finding my voice as an author allowed me to realize that I was getting in my own way by being so hard and focused and rigid. And um, my friends called me the cactus. So like that is what was stopping me in, in a whole other way of of life. 
That's awesome. And, and uh, first of all, congratulations on, you know, getting the book done and writing it. And even though, even though you failed the English class, that's, yeah. that's totally cool. <laughs> um, and I, by the way, I get it. Like I actually, it's funny when I did my book, I was trying to write it and I was like, why am I trying to write this? Like it took me like four hours and I was like halfway through chapter one, which is like the shortest chapter. And I was like, well, this, <laughs> this is never going to get done at this pace. And so I said, mm-hmm. but I can talk. Like I, I like talking. So I was like, let me just sit down. And six hours later, I had the whole book, you know, in, oh. narrated if you will and then had someone transcribe it and all that and yeah i needed a lot of yeah. a lot of editing had a, had a great editor she did a phenomenal job with that so that that's a if you're thinking about writing a book find yourself a great editor pro tip. yeah <laughs> oh my gosh yes lifesaver cool um well this has been a, an awesome conversation i really really love your your perspective on on getting out of your own way, especially like the internal, the external, the achievement focus of course, whatever. And, and, uh, the niching down piece I think is huge. Cause again, I just, I get asked that question all the time. So mm-hmm. thank you for sharing. Truly appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you for giving me the opportunity. It's, it's, I'm very much an external processor. And so just being able to talk some of the stuff out with you, even it always sparks new ideas and, um, new topics. So happy to be here. And it's, it's been great. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so where can everyone check you out, uh, find your book, find out more about you and follow you if they want to? Yeah. Um, you can go to my website, which is just my name, caseycompton.com or, um, any social media. Okay. Perfect. Perfect. Uh, everyone, thanks for being on as always truly appreciate your time. It's one of the most important things you can give to me. Um, so uh, I appreciate you taking the time to watch or listen or tune in from wherever you are as always do all the things, push the buttons, subscribe to things, get the notifications. And, uh, if you are on any of the podcasting platforms, feel free to leave a five-star review. If you think it was good or one-star review, if you thought it was, was crap, hopefully you don't think it was crap. Cause uh, if so, I'd love to know why, but, um, Looks at the end of the day, uh, you pushing it out there and and reviewing it and notifying, uh, getting notifications, all that just helps this go out to more folks. And that's the end goal, right? These are great conversations, but if no one listens to them, then what's the point? (laughs) So thanks for being on. As always, we'll see you again on another episode next week. Take it easy. This podcast is sponsored by Three Degrees Consulting. If you need funnels, websites, paid ads management, or help with any of your digital marketing, Three Degrees Consulting is your go-to source for everything. Check them out at www.go3dc.com. That's G-O, the number three, D is in degrees, C is in consulting.com. Go check them out right now.